This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're ringing the dinner bell in episode number 143. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And today, last week, we talked about housework and how to kind of get the house under control. And I didn't really talk about meals at all because that's such a separate topic. So this week, we're going to talk about making healthy meals. Just like I shared last week, I get a lot of questions from moms about how to juggle everything, especially because I put such a strong emphasis on nutrition and pregnancy. I end up getting a lot of questions like this one. Despite my efforts to eat home-cooked, nourishing food, following your guidelines, my weight is ridiculous. I've already gained so much weight. I feel absolutely awful. It's affecting all areas of my life because I feel so stressed. I just think some of it is I don't know how to meal plan in a healthy way. I end up feeling stressed, and at the last minute, I grab things that maybe aren't the best choices. Could that be why the weight's coming on? How can I get this meal planning under control, Kristen? So that's a question that I've heard. Um... And then I actually shared another mom last week where she's just talking about how do I keep up with everything? How do I keep up with house cleaning? How do I keep up with cooking? That's That's a really common refrain that I hear from moms. So what do you do when you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I eat a healthy, nourishing pregnancy diet, especially if you're reading my information or reading the information that I recommend you may be you may feel totally overwhelmed because it's so different than mainstream pregnancy diet advice. In many ways, it's so different from mainstream food advice, though we're starting to get some voices that are speaking up and are making it more common. You may still uh, feel really overwhelmed or you're just trying to balance a new baby and your baby and your toddler or your toddlers or your family. And just how do I how do I do this? I can tell you that the number one biggest thing that helped me when I was feeling overwhelmed with meal planning, when I was like, I just don't, and and for me, it was an odd place to be because when I first started, like when I was pregnant with Cassidy my first 18 years ago, my midwife was teaching me everything about pregnancy nutrition and really everything about nutrition almost from scratch because I'd grown up eating a standard American diet, lots of processed food. Mom was busy, didn't have time to cook. She was she was pretty she was chronically ill during my high school years and just didn't have the energy to cook. So, you know, it was my brother and I were cooking boxed meals and freezer meals and that kind of thing. And when I say freezer meals, I'm talking about like frozen dinners that you buy at the grocery store kind of thing. Because she just didn't, you know, she just couldn't she couldn't do it. And I think many young women grow up in that same place where their family relies on processed foods or you grow up really busy with sports and all kinds of extracurricular activities. There's a lot of pressure, um, especially in the teen years today, to really be go, 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 go all the time. And so food is often grab and go. And it's just, you know, we didn't learn those skills. But so my midwife was teaching me kind of from scratch and I was learning but I you know I was eager to learn Uh, I was I was blessed to be a stay-at-home mom at that point and so I learned and and since that point I really put 
meal planning systems into place and I had systems that worked for me. Well, we got to the point where we had a crisis in our family and things just were really difficult. And the number one thing that helped me, because I kind of felt like, oh my goodness, I mean, my, my family has been eating processed food for three, six, nine months because it's just been that difficult and everybody was getting tired of it. You know, you could tell after a while that you feel awful because of what you're eating. And so where do you start if you don't know where to start or if in your, you're in a similar place where some sort of family crisis has caused everything to just everything, including cooking and all that stuff to go on the back burner. The thing, the biggest thing that helped me and the biggest thing that I recommend to moms just getting started or just kind of coming out of any kind of crisis or even having a new baby or anything like that um, is using a meal plan service can really make a big difference. So that's the number one biggest thing that helped me. In fact, I can tell you the meal plan service that helped me, and I actually don't remember um, the or the menus that helped me. I'm hang on a second. It's she's changed her domain, so I want to make sure that I can tell you what her new domain is. TheWellPlannedKitchen.com. So she was working at homeschool was the name of her site, but she's changed it. So the wellplannedkitchen.com and it's Jen. Um, she has some meal plans that she offered, um, a set of meal plans and stuff, and and that really really helped me. It, it her email came at the right time for me, and I said, okay, I'm just going to do this. And following, and the thing that really helped was my kids loved basically everything that I made off of the menus. But it really helped me because she had the meals planned out. And she had the shopping list planned out. I mean, the only difference was my family doesn't eat pork or shellfish. So basically, anytime she included pork, I was able to substitute chicken usually or beef occasionally. And then if it had shrimp, um, I just substituted. My kids have a turkey sausage that we really like. So I substituted sausage rounds and they worked pretty well. So that was literally really the only modification I had to make. And that's a great place to be when you're talking about a meal plan system if you don't have to make many modifications. Uh, there are even um, moms who have done allergy-friendly meal plans. So if your kids are on a special diet, you've got a lot of food allergies, you can probably find a mom who's done that. And you can either find a meal plan subscription service or you can find... Um, you can find a mom who's done uh, like a, like a, I wouldn't say a cookbook because again, you want it done for you, but you may be able to find a mom who's done like a meal plan book where she's got like, say, summer meals all planned out and that kind of thing, like weekly. And if, so this is a place actually, I'll, I will say that, um, with the Smart Mama Happy Baby Club, um, we have a meal plan that's week by week in there that moms can go to. So if that's something that's interesting to you, you can shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. I kind of have it closed to new members right now. But if you really want, you get a lot more. You get weekly Q&A calls with me. You get a lot of classes that I've done, my entire library of 30-plus classes. Um, they're like one-hour classes on a variety of pregnancy, birth, and baby topics. And some there's some other goodies in there, too. But the meal plans, 52 weeks worth of meal plans are in there. So you can shoot me an email, Kristen, at naturalbirthandbabycare.com if you're interested in that. And I can uh, can maybe sneak you in the back door. But anyways, um, the uh, 
a meal planning service or where you can buy like say a set of 52 weeks of meal plans or something like that um, might be really helpful for you just just to get you started. That was all I really needed was I needed a few months to get started and to realize, okay, I can get back into this. I can do this. I can make this work. So that's something that you can consider. Now, you may decide to continue with that. I think there is no shame whatsoever in continuing with a meal planning service that is working for you. But if you don't want to continue with that or you don't want to do that, I recommend that you do have a meal system and that you use what works for you. So again, don't be afraid to use someone else's meals. One of the huge blessings of the internet is that there really are so many meals. I think it can get overwhelming, like if you're searching every night. I do think it's good to have some sort of a plan in place because searching every night can get difficult. Um, or use something like, I use cooking software. I've used it for years. Uh, I just finally got around to upgrade. It's been prompting me to upgrade for a while and I sat down and upgraded it recently. And I'm really enjoying some of the improvements that they've made, especially to being able to capture recipes online. Um, they have a browser extension that's awesome, working really well. So if I do, because I, I like to use kind of a set meal plan, but every once in a while I want to change it up or I'll think about something like, um, I don't know, uh, chicken parmesan or something. Oh, I feel like eating that, but it's not something that I make frequently. And so, you know, you're on, you're on there searching for best chicken parmesan recipe or best instant pot macaroni and cheese or whatever it is. That's what I usually search for is like best whatever. Uh, and so in that, if, if you do that, or if you're frequently searching the internet, it might be good to have something like cooking that clips the recipe for you, and then you can have it in some sort of a, an organized system, but you don't have to. Um, but I would recommend that you do some level of planning, and you can use somebody else's meals. You can use somebody else's meal plan. Again, even if you've got food allergies, the internet makes it easy to find allergen-free recipes, and you may build a library of recipes that work for your family or that your family loves. You may have cookbooks. For example, my family loves um, the two Trim Healthy Mama cookbooks. Uh, we've liked basically every recipe that we've made pretty much, and I find them to be pretty easy to make, which means that they're huge winners, win-win situation for me. Um, so I've been working on putting many of those recipes into cooking so that I can have it um, auto-generate shopping lists and things like that for me, and I can easily arrange them into menus, which are all things that that handles. But, you know, I also know that I can pick up that cookbook every night of the week and just flip through pages and find something that my family likes. Another one, this is really funny. I don't even know if I'll be able to find a link to it, um, but I'll try and find a link to put it in the show notes. But Cassidy was given the Nancy Drew cookbook years ago. And and so it's all pretty easy recipes because it's made, you know, it's made for kids to be able to make. But like every recipe in that book, basically, my family liked. So that's another one that, you know, you know you can pick it up. So you may want to have a cookbook or two that's like that. But if you have a cookbook that you only make like one recipe out of, it might be best to just store that recipe somewhere um, in something like cooking or, you know, type it up in a file and have a file with recipes or something. Don't necessarily clutter or overwhelm yourself with a cookbook you're never going to cook from. But those are different ways that you can find meals and get them together. But then try and have a plan. 
And there are different ways that you can, you know, that you can kind of plan out your meals. Um, you could do like a once a month meal planning where you plan everything for the month. You could do it once a week or every two weeks. Um, you could have a rotating meal plan. Um, one thing that a friend of mine does that I've done occasionally too because it's helpful is to have like say 30 meals that you know that your family really likes and every month you just make sure that you have the ingredients on hand for those meals and you can just look at the list and pick or you populate your week's menu plan from that list of 30 and maybe one night a week you have a new recipe that you're interested in trying that you put in there. Um, one thing that I want you to not be afraid of is don't be afraid to repeat meals. I find this to be especially helpful with breakfast and lunch. Um, <clears throat> so we often will have the same breakfast every weekday and special things on the weekend. But for example, it might be oatmeal every weekday morning for a while. And then we might, <coughs> we might switch it up and do eggs, like eggs and turkey bacon or something for a while. But usually our breakfasts are pretty much the same. If there's creativity in breakfast, it means that a kid decided that they wanted to cook. There was a little bit that we, uh, a friend from church gave us a waffle iron. And so we did um, waffles out of the Trim Healthy Mama cookbook for a little bit. We went on a waffle kick. But, you know, usually it's really basic, really easy stuff. And if my kids grumble about it, it's too bad. That's just what's for breakfast. Um, and then for lunches, what I've this I've done this for lunches basically for years. I started this when my little kids were little or when my big kids were really little, which is I have the same lunch um, assign, you know, I have a lunch assigned to a day. So Monday might be, um, I'm trying to remember what my Monday is right now. So say it's like lentil sausage soup or something. Then most my, my, my lunchtime meals are mostly bean based. That's why I'm trying to think of which beans are which day. Um, anyways though, so the that might be the meal and that's what we have every Monday and every Tuesday we might have tacos like we had today and every Wednesday we have a, a really basic bean chili and every Thursday we have um you know something different so it's the same thing every every Monday every Tuesday every Wednesday you you always know that that's what you're having for lunch so that can really simplify things especially um, if you, sometimes husbands don't like repetition, sometimes they love repetition, so that might be something to keep in mind. What is his preference if he's home at lunch? But oftentimes, if it's just you and the kids, um, it can really be something, like for us, it's, you know, make an instant pot of pinto beans at the beginning of the week, and then we're going to have those incorporated into various meals throughout the week. And it might change a little bit seasonally, like usually we have more soups in the winter, we kind of shift to soups and then away from soups in the in the warmer months. But that's something to think about that can simplify because it removes decision making decision making that's needed for you. But these are just various systems. I think use a system that works for you. Experiment with other mom systems and figure out what works for you and if it needs to change that's okay too. Like throughout, I mean, like I said, the lunch thing has been pretty standard. Lunches and breakfasts have been pretty standard throughout my children's growing up years. But I've changed around what I've done for supper quite a bit. So it just really depends on what's working for you and what works for you now may not work for you in the future, but that's okay. 
because it's working for you now and you can shift at that time and give yourself permission to shift if it's not working and figure out what does work. Now, how do you handle shopping lists? I think either you should use meal plans, either yours or somebody else's, and you build your shopping lists from that, or do similar to what I talked about my friend was doing, which you have a master list of meals, and then you have a master shopping list, and like a master grocery list, and you use that. And the master grocery list may be something, you may use a combination of these. Like I have a master list um, for the grocery store and a master list for... Um, the for Sam's Club where we're members at because I get different things at both of those places and I try and do like a big master list run at the beginning of the month and I'll just go through that list and note like for example I may not need cocoa powder from Sam's in a given month or something because my kids like to use cocoa powder and things when they're making smoothies and stuff but I might not need it because I just bought it last month it comes in a big canister so I check that off before I even get to Sam's because I don't need it. And your master list might look like that. On, on my grocery store master list, it says spices. And then I can write behind that, like after spices on the line, what spices I need. Like I need pepper this month and I need cinnamon sticks this month. But it might be different every month. And some months I might not need anything at all. Um, and then my master grocery list, um, or my weekly shopping list, has a second column on the list which notes uh, lunch staples and things. But I try and do like a once a month run and then um, every week or so just get milk and produce <coughs> and that's it. Cuts down on my grocery bill. But I have to have done a little bit of planning in advance for that. And if you're not there, that's okay. If you need to shop. When I was using the meal plan, what I did was when I started the meal plan subscription, I intentionally waited a week to start so I had the meal plan. I'd had the meal plan for a few days and then I went grocery shopping and then I started the meal plan like the the next day or two after that so that I already had a week in advance so that I knew that I was always going to be getting the meal plan for the next week so I would have time to grocery shop. And I did grocery shop once a week at that point because it was just too overwhelming to do anything else. So if you use a meal plan service, they probably produce a grocery list for you and you can use that and you can either supplement a master um, grocery list for things you know you always need like coffee or that kind of thing that you're going to get or um, just think through what kind of typical staples do I need. Most of the time meal planners include staples on the grocery list and you just cross them off if you already have them. I would definitely recommend that whatever you do choosing a meal plan service, using a favorite cookbook, clipping off the internet, whatever it is that you're doing when you're pulling together recipes, making your list of 30 family favorites, please put simple meals into your plan. Choose a menu plan service with meals that are really simple. That's what I liked about Jen's meals is they were, they were really simple and quick to throw together. That's what I like about the Trim Healthy Mama cookbooks. They were simple and quick to pull together. It's so important that it actually be sustainable for you to do what you need to do with your meals. So again, if you want to have a fancy meal here and there, great. Or do something real ambitious here and there, great. But on a day-to-day -day basis when you're living a busy life, go for simple nourishing foods that your family likes. If your family has ethnic preferences, 
you know, simple meals that fulfill those preferences and experiment outside of that here and there. But don't try and make it like a gourmet thing every night. Just sit, stick with simple. Uh, another good thing to do is to have backup meals, backup plans. This is something, it, I may have learned this from Jen. Um, but this is something that I really loved the concept of when I learned it. And having somebody actually say, you know, this is, this is what you should do really helped me. Um, <coughs> but have a couple of meals that are really, two or three meals that are really easy to throw together and that you always have the ingredients on hand. It's almost ideal if those are dry or canned ingredients. So for example, one of ours is baked beans and rice. So we have rice and we have canned baked beans. So if I'm in a bind, if something ran over, if I've had a tough day with the kids, which does happen, interestingly, at this point in my life, if I've had a day that's been derailed by children, it's usually by teenagers. But anyways, um, you know, you're running down to the wire and I've got to put this together quickly, then... I know that I can put rice in the rice cooker, heat up a can of baked beans, and there's dinner. Another thing that families may like is jarred spaghetti sauce and, um, and noodles, and you just have marinara. Um, some families who keep bread and stuff on hand, you might have a loaf of bread in the freezer and stuff to make a quick tuna salad. These are just things that I'm kind of trying to pull off the top of my head. Um, you might keep chips on hand, and so it's chips and refried beans to make a quick bean dip. So those are those are all just different options. Some some families may have canned soups. We're, we usually make soups from scratch, so that doesn't come to me immediately. But canned soups may work well for your family. So you have these things that are basically emergency meals. And, you, and when you think through them intentionally beforehand, it helps prevent... I am... Ladies, I am not going to condemn you for macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets because my kids have ended up eating a lot of mac and cheese and chicken nuggets while I was just surviving. There is nothing wrong with that. But there usually comes a time when you want to move beyond that. And so you can look at quick to put together meals that may be a little bit higher on the health scale. And that's what you would do. So the backup meals mean We've got something to eat when something has come up, when life has intervened, which happens, and there's something there. Okay, so talking about the kitchen as well, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about a couple more things before we end. One is what equipment do you need? This is especially if you're a newbie or you're wondering what really makes my life easier. Um, I would say stay pretty simple with your equipment. Go for basic pots and pans. I definitely recommend a good skillet. It's really versatile, especially if you've got one that can go in the oven as well. Um, make sure that you have plenty of hot pads around and gloves, but that can be really nice to be able to go right from the stovetop where maybe you've browned something um, and then into the, into the oven. In fact, I often have dishes that call for you to prepare something on the stove and then they say transfer to a baking dish and bake and I'll usually just stick the skillet in the oven because then I don't have the extra dishes and it works really well. So a good skillet and then you know a basic saucepan, basic frying pan. You don't really need a lot to make healthy food. Um, and then if if you're doing stock like broth, a good stock pot. I've used my stock pot hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and I still use it a lot. 
um, for boiling water if we're doing a pasta or something. But I usually do stock in my Instant Pot at this point. And I really do think that the Instant Pot is an excellent tool to have in any kitchen because it makes um, batch preparing some things really nice and easy like beans and chicken. It also makes things like perfect hard-boiled eggs, perfect baked potatoes. So it's a really nice tool to be able to have, um, you know, to be able to do batch preparation or like, again, a carton of hard-boiled eggs in the fridge can be a really healthy snack. Um, good baked potatoes. Um, Dr. Dr. Brewer recommended a pregnant woman eat a, a baked potato once a week. And usually baked potatoes are pretty good, pretty well accepted by kids. So anyways, or sweet potatoes in the Instant Pot. Also, that's one of our um, standing lunches actually is sweet potatoes in the Instant Pot with canned black beans if I don't have. Sometimes I'll do a big batch of um, black beans for recipes and, and I'll put some aside in the fridge. But can black beans if I don't have black beans prepared over sweet potatoes is something my kids really like. It's a simple and healthy lunch. But anyways, an Instant Pot can make those things easier. Um, and you can literally end up basically using it every day if you get to the point where you incorporate it into your into your home and into your kitchen. Sheet pans are another really versatile thing. I know that sheet pan meals are kind of taking off. I've done a couple for my kids that they raved about, so that you know that gives you a good idea about their potential. Um, again, my friend who does the thirty meals has really started using a lot of sheet pan meals, and she finds it easy. One thing I find with them is they often involve a lot of chopping, um, but if you get to the point where you can chop really fast or where you can batch chop for a couple days or something then they take almost no time to cook really the preparation is all in the chopping and that can be really nice so I would say at first definitely avoid complicated equipment I'll tell you ladies I've been cooking for 20 some years now and when they tell me to do all kinds of fancy pants things and all that kind of stuff, I often just bluff through it without doing it quite like I told you about the thing where they're like, okay, brown this and that and crisp this and that on the stove and then transfer to the baking dish. And I'm like, oh, I'll just mix everything in the skillet and put it in. It's not going to look as pretty, but it's going to taste just as good and it, it saves my sanity. So don't go for super complicated equipment at first. I can tell you that our Blendtec blender has become a beloved member of our kitchen but I don't know, you know, that you need that right away. Um, and I would definitely say that you don't necessarily need to get a food processor and all that kind of stuff. Though those are tools that can be useful when you're getting down the basics and just starting to meal plan and stuff. Don't, don't choose recipes that require all of that extra stuff. A good crock pot can be another thing that you have as well. Um, but if you get an instant pot, it can be used in crock pot mode. Two. We, we actually have two crock pots and an instant pot and sometimes end up using all of them, but I have a really large family. So anyways, those are things to think about. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about before we end is something I've already hinted at, which is thinking about how you may want to batch prep. And there are different ways to batch prep. Uh, you can do that during a dedicated time, like once a week you're going to do some batch prep. You can do it when you're already preparing meals. Like I mentioned today when I did the ground beef for our tacos, I also did uh, ground beef for two other recipes. And actually I took a third of the meat when it was all browned and put it on a plate. That was the taco meat. And then I mixed in um, sliced peppers and onions and did the other 
uh, two thirds of the meat with those because their recipes both called for that. Then I took that out, um, put it into a dish to go into the, uh, to cool for a minute before it went in the fridge. Then I put the taco meat back in, mixed it with its seasonings and finished up the tacos within a moment or two. So that's a batch prepping technique where I knew that I was already going to do this and so I went ahead and made the batch. When I'm doing beans for the week for our lunches, I usually like to do a big batch of beans. So your proteins um, can be batch prepared. I usually do, I still do ground beef on the stovetop. You may be able to do ground beef in the Instant Pot. I haven't tried it. But definitely doing shredded chicken is easy to do in the Instant Pot. Now, I know that some of you may still like, like again, if you're going to go for like that chicken parmesan, you may want to do the fancy breaded chicken breasts and stuff. But I've actually found that the, the chicken done in the Instant Pot, is when it's shredded, is still so moist and delicious that my family will basically tolerate any chicken recipe is chicken done that way. So I can go ahead and prepare the chicken in large batches. And what I do is, uh, because I already have, this is, for, this is for work, this is actually for natural birth and baby care. I have my work times divided up into A week and B week. A week, I do more consults with clients. Um, and then B week, I try not to have consults so that I can do other things like articles and podcast recording and that kind of stuff. So uh, I already have A week and B week on my schedule. So with my, I just incorporated my meal planning into that. So A week is all chicken-based dishes for dinner. B week is beef-based dishes for dinner. And like I said, beans are usually our lunches, so we're having those every week. But you could, if you wanted to do a similar rotation, you could do the same thing um, where you have like a chicken week and a beef week and a bean week. If your family eats pork, you might have a pork week. But Anyways, again, my family is just really tolerant, basically, of as long as the food is good, it doesn't necessarily have to be fancy, we're not real big into grilling or anything, so they just like basic meals, and I can usually batch prep my proteins pretty easily, and I usually do those at a time when I'm already in the kitchen cooking. I don't have time right now for a dedicated cooking time, but if you do, you could do all of the proteins that you need to do. Um, in that time, but I just like doing the proteins for that week in one go. Um, and this week I got a little bit behind because we had a lot going on. Cassidy sat for the SAT and just all kinds of other stuff going on. So it wasn't until today that I could really do. We had scouts last night, so it was sandwiches. And so today I did my, my fancier proteins for the rest of the week. Um, one thing you can do to help batch prep veggies, because sometimes you don't, you can do some veggies at the beginning of the week and have them for all week. Sometimes you don't want to do that, but you could probably get away with veggies once a day. So you could, you know, while you're getting lunch ready, you could quickly chop veggies that you need for supper. Uh, and, and that's a way that I found to help with veggies. Another thing that I've really found helps with veggies, and it was Trim Healthy Mama that turned me on to this, is, and this is actually what I used in that ground beef that I was talking about earlier, is you can get frozen pepper onion blends. And it's just, again, life as a mom, you're busy. It's so convenient to just be able to toss half a bag of that blender. Today when I was doing a double batch of meat, I did the whole bag. In with your cooking meat, and there's your pepper and onions right there. You didn't have to dice or chop anything. Um, so if, you know, especially at the height of the summer where you're at the farmer's market and stuff, you might be having more produce, doing more chopping. But 
if you're using things frozen because it's out of season or something, look and see if they already have pre-chopped that you can use. My kids love a creamy spinach dish as a side dish. Again, I'm, I'm usually getting frozen spinach that's already chopped. Put that in the pot, heat it up for a little bit, uh, prep the rest of the stuff for the recipe. It's just really, it makes it easy. So frozen veggies that are already pre-chopped for you, can be really helpful in minimizing the amount of time that you have to spend chopping, especially that pepper and onion blend I use all the time. It's just such a core to so many recipes, peppers and onions. Um, I haven't seen like at the regular grocery store just onions. We have a food service store, GFS, in town where I know that you can get just onions from, but I usually do the pepper and onion blend because usually if I'm putting onions in it, it uses it can use peppers as well so that's something that might help you with veggies as well um, you can also usually pre-prepare many grains um, like you can do big batches of rice or quinoa or that sort of thing in the oven or in the rice cooker or in the instant pot and that may be helpful to you as well as thinking about pre-preparing your grains and then another thing that I think can be really helpful one more thing before we close up um, is listing out your prep steps, especially if you want a batch. So what are the prep steps for each recipe? Because then that helps you to know. And when I was talking about prep steps, I'm talking about I need to chop these vegetables. I need to brown this meat. Because usually once you get into the combining of everything in the recipe, that's recipe specific. But for veggie chopping, you know, you're going to have the cutting board and the knife out and you can just chop the veggies and separate into containers or even if you're at a really stressful time of life, Ziploc bags um, and just get it all divvied up. And if you can look at the recipes that you have for the next couple of days and see that those are the first couple of steps, then that can be helpful. Or if you're using a set list of recipes that you're going to keep recycling, you may take the time to really clarify what it is. One of the biggest things to remember with meal planning is that the planning can be onerous at the beginning, especially if you've never done it before, which is one of the reasons why using a meal plan service might help. But the planning is often the hardest part. Often the most difficult part about serving meals is trying to decide what you're going to have. There's like a hidden amount of stress with that. When the kids are like, what's for lunch, mama? What are we having for dinner, mama? Or you know your husband's coming home and you have no idea what you're making for dinner. So the planning removes that stress. And even if you plan, say, Monday through Friday, and you end up eating Monday's meal on Tuesday and Tuesday's meal on Friday and this, that, and the other, at least you have a list of meals that you're drawing from from the week. And if you realize, for example, last night, all my kids are in scouting, so we're at scouts. And, oh, I planned a, you know, a really fancy, oh, we'll go back to my example, chicken parmesan, and then it's like, oh, crud. We're supposed to be going to scouts. That's not going to work on those nights. I've got to plan something easy that we can take with us and eat when we're out and about because we're also going to go to the library and do this and do that and then hit scouting. So, you know, that's that's something you'll quickly realize is, oh, and then you may have standing ideas for those kind of interruptions if you're at scouts or sports or um Awana or any other sort of Wednesday night church activities or anything like that. So those are all things that you can think about and you'll incorporate in and really quickly all of those little problems will get weeded out and meal planning will feel a lot easier and it can really help you. So again, if you feel really overwhelmed, maybe start with somebody else's menu plans and you could even search for 
um, weekly menu plans. And there's lots of mom bloggers who have like a week or two of their own plans or they post their personal meal plans every week. And you can take those and use those to get started at no cost um, just to help you get started. Or you can subscribe to a service that's going to do a little bit more for you, like have the shopping lists and everything together. Or you know it's going to include um, allergy considerations or or you're following a particular diet like Trim Healthy Mama lifestyle or whatever. So anyways, um, I've covered a lot of things I know that I hit on a lot and I hope it didn't overwhelm you more. Um, I hope that you can go back and listen to where I break down some of the things if those help. But again, if you're really overwhelmed and you're trying to figure out how do I get started, please just go for somebody's menu plans um, or, or sh- shoot me an email and we'll talk about the, the 52 weeks and Smart Mama Happy Baby. But, you know, those are that's a baby step way that you can get started and then begin to look at some of the other options that I've covered. Okay, with that, ladies, we're going to finish up. Again, you can shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Anytime that you have a question or concern or an idea for a podcast or anything, just let me know. Uh, If you want to hear more from me regularly, know when new podcasts and articles are released, get more information on healthy pregnancy, birth, baby, and mothering, then head over to trustbirth101.com. That's trustbirth101101.com and sign up for the newsletter. And I will look forward to talking to you next week. I hope that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.